Hi, I'm Danielle and this is Chatter Out Loud, a podcast where I share thoughts and TV commentary on shows I like to watch. Now, before I start, I want to ask that you go ahead and like, follow, share, and subscribe. And on YouTube, where I upload my companion episode of my podcast, be sure to hit the notification bell. This way you can get a notification every time I post a new episode and you won't miss out. It doesn't cost you anything to follow and subscribe. So go ahead, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and thank you in advance. All right, so welcome or welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me today. Your presence is very much appreciated. All right, in today's episode, I'm chatting about the new TV series on NBC called The Endgame, episode four. It's titled Number One with a Bullet. The synopsis for this episode is as follows. Owen helps Val understand the truth about her encounter with Elena. As Doc becomes a pawn in Elena's game, Val discovers the link between Elena's target. All right, so let's get into it. They open with heading back over to bank one and we see them banging through the wall with sledgehammers. And while Anthony is updating their boss, Doak, by the way, is his name. I didn't realize that was his name, but Doak is the boss's name. Doak says that before they approach, they're going to be smart today because at every turn, Elena has planned out everything, right? Meanwhile, as they approach the bank, all of the hostages begin to flee And so they are running out of the door, the FBI, or they're running out of the door while the FBI is running in. After they enter the bank, they find the access wall where Elena's team escaped. We saw them jump into a van and take off, right? So the FBI loses them. You know, they try to chase after through, or they go through the access wall and try to catch up, but they lose them about 30 seconds. Now, I have no idea how they knew it was about 30 seconds, but... (laughs) We'll go along with it. Um, anyway, this is no surprise because Doke has fought, he he has refused up to this point to listen to Val and how calculated Elena is and how everything connects, right? So Doke is never listening to Elena and this is gonna come to head um, soon in this episode. We'll talk about that a little later. All right, so I find it rich that in an effort to motivate the team, Doke says, today's our day. <laughs> And little does he know, right? All right. While they wait to talk with the bank owner um, of the bank of bank one, right? They try to figure out the connection and figure out how that bank was targeted or why that bank was targeted, right? Val suspects it may be connected to Gambia. And when she tries to relay this information to her boss, Doke, um, and as usual, he doesn't put much stock into what Val's saying and he just doesn't want to hear it. As one of Doak's men wants to update him and he heads over, Val notices something in the perimeter and of course she tries to stop him from approaching the area. He turns and yells at her to do what he asks her to do and at the same time he's walking over, he activates that laser beam trap. So now he and two other men are trapped in this electrical barrier. Uh, When one of the men tries to break the barrier, he gets blasted and they called it a concussion blast. So they try to figure out how, if any way, they can deactivate the barrier. And in this process, they learn it's made out of some type of crystalline or crystalline, crystalline, some type of crystal diamonds. Um, Only one guy that they know along that owns them, along with five banks in the city, and that's Mr. Moustakis. Right. And at this time, Val begins making the connection between the banks and the diamonds. All right. Part of their discovery is a picture they pull off of the surveillance camera 
uh, which is a picture of Elena's Lieutenant Louis. And I forgot that the code name that they're using um, in this series is called Snow White. So Louis is the Snow White's Lieutenant, right? He's one of the head guys. Uh, so Louis one of, uh, yeah, he's one of the head guys who happens to be in love with one of the other girls on the team where he went into a jewelry store to buy a ring for her. And this other girl on the team, she's on the crew that's uh, seizing bank five, that sees bank five. <laughs> uh, okay, that's important later. That's why I'm bringing it out. All right, meanwhile, the area that Doak and his men are trapped in by that laser beam trap, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And it looks like it's also hot. That's what I thought at first, but I think they were sweating because of the position they were in, right? They were like, oh my God, we're going to die because the area kept getting smaller and smaller. So I think that was just like, um, you know, them reacting to, oh my God, we could get killed. Um, I don't think the the trap was emitting any heat or anything like that. Um, all right. When they head back to Elena at the prison, the director is now upset at all of what's going on and he in- attempts to intimidate Elena. And I would have thought by now they they would know that that tactic doesn't work on her. He can't threaten Elena. Um, he threatens her and then he says, uh, keep it up and it won't go well for you. And her retort was, the same goes for you, director. <laughs> like you can't intimidate um, Elena. All right. They pull in the owner of the bank to try to get any information on the laser beam, how it was installed, if he knew anything about it. And of course he says he doesn't know. Uh, As the director tries to make a connection with Doak and how he's involved, because you remember every time something goes down, they're exposing a secret, right? And so now we see Doak is trapped in this barrier. So the director is putting that together and say, okay, hey, listen, what is going on? Is there anything I need to know, right? And in that conversation, we learned that Doak's secret is about when he was a junior agent and he worked on this fentanyl smuggling case in, uh, for Venezuela. Um, his superior at the time kept a young kid uh, or had him keep out a young kid from being indicted through this whole ring, um, only for that same young kid to then grow up and later run his own ring with more drugs that wound up killing 30 people. So Doak is telling this information to the director, um, thinking that maybe that may be some that may be a connection. All right. As they're discovering all of this, the space that Doak and his men are trapped in continues to get even smaller. And then the men prepare to, uh, to brace themselves for the impact. Right. And so they're all like leaned up against the wall and the beams are getting smaller. It's coming closer and closer to them. And it turns out the laser beams don't do anything, (laughs) right? The beams had no impact. Well, you know, in terms of when they, when it made connection and they, and it must've been on a timer because they just disappeared. And as they leaned against the wall, they happened to open a secret panel in the wall, which had a safe behind it, right? So we see the connection of how they led the people to the, or FBI to the bank, We see how the laser beam came into play and we see as the space that they were trapped in became smaller and smaller, it caused the men to lean up against the wall where they now discovered this hidden panel with the safe behind it. 
right? So we understand all of that. Um, and, and do remember that Mr. Moustakis is the owner of the bank. All right. So after they open the safe, they find wire transfers and money laundering going back 10 years. One of the files were tied to the guns that were used by the warlords in Gambia. Um, and that tied to the bank owner, Mr. Moustakis. Um, they wind up arresting the bank owner and they're in his office, by the way, as they're making their arrest. As they're pulling him out, Val is looking on his wall and she discovers one of the pictures on the wall, which is a picture of all of them in a photo with him, right? It's seven of them she references. She says, or we see it's the Attorney General, Homeland Secretary, the ENN News Anchor, right, from the past three episodes, and now Mr. Moustakis. They're all in this picture. Um... I'm not quite sure who the other people are yet. I'm, I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. And I suspect that they are members of the team, including the director, maybe. I thought I saw the director in there, but um, I'm sure that'll come up in, in, episode, in the future episode. Um, by the way, when Val confronts Elena with this picture and asks if the others in the picture are next, Elena says, I don't know, are they all corrupt swine? <laughs> I don't know. That was just a good line to me. It made me chuckle. Um, Val then asks, what are they watching in the photo, right? Because all of the people in the photo are all fixated. They're all looking in one direction. It wasn't like a photo where you're taking to capture a moment. They all, well, I mean, I guess that's what a photo is, but they're all looking in this, in the specific direction, right? And so Val is asking, what are they looking at? And Elena answers the beginning of their story. <laughs> I loved it. Um, and she also says that she knows if there is one person who will discover it, it will be Val Turner. Right. Now, throughout the episode, we also make connections when we see Val and Anthony listening to the thumb drive um, that they found on Val's bookshelf. Remember, uh, Owen gave her a clover. She tied the clover or she figured out the clover. And she looked at one of the books that had a clover on the binder, opened the book. There was a thumb th- drive in it. So Val and Anthony are listening to the uh, recording on the thumb drive Um, and they hear Val's voice of her mission in Gambia and at first they focused so much on what Val was saying and then they learned later or later they learned to focus on the gunfire not what Val was saying but on the gunfire Um, and that's after they bring they learn that after they bring the recording back to Elena and ask her about it now Elena didn't divulge this her lieutenant did. And I'll talk about that in a minute. All right. When they were trying to figure out how Elena's men had escaped out of the bank one, uh, they determined that they could have escaped through the marina, right? So that once they escaped, they jumped in the van, they took off. And then they're wondering, hey, they couldn't have gone over any bridges or anything like that. And they determined that they could have escaped through the marina. So as they go to the marina, to uh, they spot the lieutenant, right? Or the Snow White lieutenant, Louis, where he th- immediately knows he's being captured. He throws his cell phone into the marina. He also threatens them with a grenade he held in his other hand. And if we know anything, he was intentionally getting caught, right? There are no accidents in this with Elena. And then at the same time, he reminds Val that they are all, well, once they capture him, um, he reminds Val that they are all united by a common purpose. And all of Alina's people say something like that, right? Every time they're captured. Anyway, 
we would only agree to stand or he would only agree to stand down. So before he was captured, he was threatening them with that grenade. Um, he said he would only stand down for Elena, which Elena agreed to tell him to stand down only after the director threatened that his team will take a shot at him, meaning that they were going to aim for Louis's head and kill him. So Elena didn't want Louis killed. So she agreed to get on the phone, told him to stand down. I think that was intentional too, right? Because they captured him and he's giving the message. They're united as a common purpose. And he also tells Val, stop uh, a focus on the big picture, not like the little details or something like that. Um, all right. After they interrogate Snow White, he brings up the recording and tells her not to miss the big picture. That's what it was. He tells her not to miss the big picture. And this is why Val decided to listen to the, the recording again on the thumb drive. And she figures out to focus more on the gunfire, where they then learned about the M16s that were used to kill the villagers and the guns were American guns, right? And I think that ties into being betrayed by the government and them not protecting the people. And I have a feeling it's all tied to the beginning of their story. So we have to learn more as we go along. Um, in this same discussion, Val and Elena, Elena tells her that she knows it's difficult for Val to know her husband is involved some way. Elena again tries to draw parallels between the two of them. And she continues to tell Val they have a shared story, right? We keep hearing this over and over. She says they both mar uh, she says marriage is difficult, especially when you are with someone you grew up with, right? And we know Elena and Sergey has a history. They grew up together as well as Val and Owen. They grew up together, right? Uh, then she says that maybe Owen's involvement is for a good reason. When Val asks Elena to explain the, the thumb drive and what it has to do with anything, Elena says it can be explained in a story about a bullet. And then we move into Elena's uh, story for this episode. Now, keep in mind, all of this is going back and forth, back and forth, right? And as we know that um, the writing of the show, they always thread in that flashback in Elena's story into the whole story. But I'm trying to review it where I don't go back and forth. I'm trying to just tie it together. All right, anyway, the episode story flashes back to Gambia in 2017. Elena, Elena called, she and Val's, um, this is their first collaboration. <laughs> I thought that was funny because uh, Val at the time had no idea she was collaborating with Elena, but Elena is so savvy in her storytelling. All right, anyway, all of this goes back to Gambia. Val's team of three is headed to a school where teachers are being held captive by Gambian warlords. Unbeknownst to them, they're about to walk into an ambush. But then we see Elena and her guy, Louis, the, the Snow White sergeant, is watching Val and her team approaching the school from afar. They are all, and they are there to quote unquote, finish the job. Now I didn't pick up on what that meant exactly, but they're there. All right, Elena helped Val in this mission because as she watched and saw Val trying to lead the teachers and her team out of the school, we see the bullet Elena shot intentionally missing Val's head, but it was close enough. Now, she wasn't trying to hurt Val. She was just giving her a warning that would cause her to turn around and head in the other direction because had they kept going in the same direction, they would have ran right into the warlord. <laughs> so, you know, that's how Elena is saying, here's our first collaboration. So she kind of saved her. 
And this was, and like I said, this was right in time because if they had kept going, they would have ran right into the warlord and gotten captured and who knows what else. Um, all right. So the connection we make here is that the story about the bullet, right? I talked about it in the synopsis is Elena who says she's the bullet that saved Val in Gambia. Hmm. All right, Elena says she knew saving Val's life in Gambia was the right thing to do. And saving her, she meant by the bullet um, that she shot. And she used a silencer. I think I said that earlier. But she used a silencer, so no one heard it. Val just saw that bullet go right into the wall. (laughs) And she turned around. uh, Turned her and the team and the teachers around. All right, in the aftermath of all of this, right? Doke, the boss, right? Val and Anthony's boss, um, in the aftermath of them being trapped in the bank and his revelation of his secret as the junior agent, the director confronts Dope, where he tells him that Val has access and insight that the rest of the team don't have. And even he listened to her, right? The director says, I even listened to her. She has insight. She has access. She knows what she's talking about. She understands Elena. And right here is where I said, it's about time, right? I felt like Dope was an impediment in this whole thing. Um, He never listens to Val. He never makes connections. So it was great to see the director standing up for Val. Um, And he's the big boss. And so it was important uh, for him to stand up for Val. and And he sees Val's value. And so following that, the director told Dope that he should do the same in terms of listening to Val, right? <laughs> and Dope didn't take this at well. I mean, he didn't take this well at all, I should say, excuse me. Um, and he thought of it as a demotion. So much so that when he walked, when he left the director's office and walked back by the window where Val and Elena were, he says, I'm going to destroy you. And I'm wondering, but who is he saying this to? Is he saying this to Val or is he saying this to Elena? Mm. (laughs) All right. We get more information on Sergey and Owen in prison. Um, The guy that Sergey pretended not to know. Remember last episode towards the end, the new prisons were coming in um, and he recognized Sergey. Sergey pretended not to know him. So this guy is back. Now he's in the gym. He's coming over and he's taunting Sergey by singing a Russian anthem and all of this thing, all of these things. Um, anyway, Owen talks with Sergey where he tells Owen that Harak, Harak, that's the name of the guy. Um, he's a dead man, right? So Harak or Harak is taunting Sergey. Sergey gets out of that in the gym. He uh, talks with Owen. Owen uh, Owen tells, wait, Sergey, sorry. <laughs> Let me start over. Oh my gosh. The guy Sergey pretended not to know, his name is Harek. He confronts Sergey in the gym, taunting him, singing Russian anthems, right? Just to try to say, I know you know who I am, and we know we know who each other, right? <laughs> anyway, Sergey continues to pretend like he doesn't know him. Owen then talks with Sergey, where he tells Owen that Herek is a dead man. And Owen says that they only have six more days for Sergey to be cool and that he had an idea. So something's happening in six more days. He wants Sergey to maintain be cool. And now he has an idea. 
and the idea was to distract Herrecht at the lunch table while Owen walked by and dropped eye drops into his drink. And this caused Herrecht to get sick and he needed to go to the infirmary and be out of the way for at least, what, those six days that Owen mentioned earlier. <laughs> I didn't realize that eye drops can poison you like that. Is that a real thing? I'm not sure, but it, it, it happened in the episode. Okay. Finally, the director tries to figure out Elena is how Elena is getting information, right? We saw in the last episode or the episode before when Sergey began to tell his joke, remember? And he started texting and then the light started blinking. And I said, oh, it has to be some type of Morse code. <laughs> uh, come to find out, Elena is getting information two ways. First of all, she can read lips, so she can read whatever they're saying through those glass win- windows, right? As long as she can see the lips, she can read it. <coughs> Excuse me. But they also know she's getting information elsewhere. And so as they're trying to figure out, remember the phone that Louis, the Snow White Lieutenant, threw in the marina, they had retrieved that and they found that there were text messages. And all of the text messages were ones and zeros. So they realized that that's how Elena was getting updates from them. The light blinking based on the order of the ones and the zeros creates a message. And that's how she was getting information. Like we, as the viewers, we already saw that, uh, not the last episode, I think the episode before episode two, where we saw when Sergey, oh, I just repeated that. We saw Sergey doing his text messages. The light was blinking. So now the director and Val now know Oh man, this is how she's getting information. <laughs> I just think that is so clever. And the episode ends with Val, after she's learning this information, um, she says, man, the balance of power has shifted. So that's how the episode ends. Uh, we're learning more as the story develops. And this is a hard show for me to review. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to be this hard because... The way the story is told, right? Things are happening in parallel. They go back and forth, back and forth. And then they weave in the flashback story. And that all ties together. So I'm doing my best to figure out the best way to tell the story. I think I, the way I'm doing it now, it kind of works because I'm, I'm keeping all of the important elements of each part of the story that's being told in the episode. I'm keeping those together. And then try to tie it in that way. Opposed to going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, so, anyway, it, I'm saying that because it takes me a little while to organize, organize my thoughts when I do this recap review, right? Alright, well, what did you think of the episode? Uh, did I miss anything? You have to leave me a comment and let me know. Alright? And that's all I have. So be sure to come back and give me a listen. I'd love for you to like, share, follow, and subscribe. So you can leave me a comment. Leave me a message. If you're listening to the podcast, sorry, there's a link to leave me a message. So um, you have to check that out. All right. And my name is Danielle and you're listening to my podcast, Chatter Out Loud. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I appreciate your support. And that's all I have. Thanks again for listening. And I'll talk to you next time.